Welcome to our Faithful Friends Podcast. I'm your host, Ed Basil. And on our Faithful Friends Podcast podcast, it's a part of the Faithful Friends community, bringing you, the people who love pets and animals, the best information for your pets. And our Faithful Friends Podcast is brought to you by The River of Calm, music to soothe your soul. The River of Calm is an online community that plays calming music for a stressed out world, and that includes humans and pets. And believe me, I have this station on when I leave my one-year-old Golden at home to keep her calm. So check them out at www.theriverofcalm.com. Most of our attention in today's news focuses on people behaving badly, whether it's war, politics, or a host of other human conditions. However, one thing we at Faithful Friends want to focus on instead is pet homelessness and animal suffering. And today, we are lucky to have on board a group that have been doing an outstanding job of focusing on pet homelessness and animal suffering, and that is the Denver Dumb Friends League. And in the studio with us today from the Denver Dumb Friends League is the Vice President of Veterinary Services, Jody Buckman. Jody, welcome. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Well, we're happy and glad to have you here, and we're so excited to hear and know about the Denver Dumb Friends League. So, Jody, how long has the Denver Dumb Friends League been around? Can you give us background and history on it? Sure. We have been around for over 100 years what? Uh, as an animal welfare organization serving uh, the needs of pets originally. Uh, in the Denver community and now um, over 100 years into our uh, story, we help provide care for dogs and cats, a variety of other small pocket pets at our sheltering facilities. We provide veterinary services to uh, low-income families in the Mm -hmm. Denver area, provide outreach uh, throughout Colorado Um, for spay-neuter services and access to other forms of veterinary care, Um, and then also operate an equine uh, facility, Harmony Equine Center, located in Franktown, provides a safe haven for horses that have been victims of cruelty from all across the state of Colorado. So we've um, been around a long time, uh, always Mm -hmm. providing a safe place for dogs and cats, but over the years, our uh, the focus of our work has has grown. Wow! How much more can it grow? That you are doing a lot there. Wow! We are. We are. We have a great team of people uh, deeply con- committed to to animals in our community, the animals that we humans have relationships with, and um, it's really because of the community's support that we're able to do all this work. Oh, that's so great to hear. And what, again, what a rich history and legacy that that uh, you're providing in an environment that you're working in, too. That 100 years, that's that's sizable, to say the least. Yes. So tell me, what does the Denver, in, in, ter, in terms of services, let's say I, I come to you with a dog or cat, what services do you provide? So... If you were bringing us a dog or a cat for sheltering services, we've got um, three different facilities. So you could be uh, coming to our shelter in Alamosa, Colorado. That's our newest shelter, just opened in March of this year. 
providing services to a very rural part of the state that didn't have access to many sheltering services um, just that in that region. Um, so we have a, a small shelter there and uh, you could be in Castle Rock um, bringing a pet to the Buddy Center. It's uh, our, our um, second youngest facility. Um, or you could be at our main campus, which is in Denver on Quebec Street. As that animal comes into our organization, we work closely with the um, human uh, side to really understand what, what has happened, um, why the owner thinks that the animal needs to come into the shelter. We like to think about whether or not there's anything that we can do to keep that relationship intact. So we do offer some services that um, provide access to veterinary care or behavior consulting, um, other things that, that can maybe help that animal stay in the home that it has. But if that's not an option for the family, for the pet, uh, then we will admit it into our facility and begin to go through a process of just understanding what the animal's behavior is, what its health conditions are, making sure any needs of the animal are met while it's with us. We have um, an animal care team, which is really just dedicated to keeping animals comfortable during their stay with the league and a behavior team, which really focuses on behavior. If the animal's shy, uh, there's behavior modification techniques that we can use to try to help the animal become more comfortable, come out of their shell. Uh, we have a full veterinary team who takes care of any medical issues that the animal has and we get them up for adoption just as quickly as possible. If they need some time before adoption just to get ready um, to, be, to be adoptable, uh, we've got an incredible network of foster families who will take an animal into their home and provide temporary care while we're addressing a behavior or medical issue so they have a safe place to be a home to be a part of uh, until they're ready for placement into their next home. So uh, all kinds of resources come to bear. And we've got adoption counselors uh, who then provide support to people who are coming in search of a pet and try to help make that right match between um, the pet uh, lifestyle, the family, um, and we're here to support that family as they choose an animal and bring it into their home. If it's not the right fit, we'll gladly just bring the animal back and try again. Uh, mm -hmm. So we're here to support families after adoption as well. Speaking of adoption, what I'm sure there, what is the cost for adoption if I wanted to come? Sure, it really ranges. Um, we do regular adoption specials. And so it could be $50 um, or mm -hmm. free sometimes if we mm -hmm. waive adoption fees and run a special. Um, and then it can cost up to a couple hundred dollars if it's a highly desirable um, puppy, for example. Um, essentially, we use adoption fees just to help kind of subsidize um, and draw interest to animals that are maybe less likely to get that first uh, look from a mm -hmm. potential adopter. Um, mm -hmm. and we'll use adoption fees from the, from the critters that we know are gonna get adopted really, really quickly to help subsidize the care for animals that are gonna be with us for a long time. 
Um, and of course, there's no there's no deadline on how long it takes us to find an animal the right home, the right fit. They just stick mm-hmm. with us until we make that match. Cool. I have a question. I wanted to back up just a moment. Sure. When an animal first comes in, in your experience with behavior issues, is it more an animal is being given up because the animal has behavior issues or the human has behavior issues? <laughs> That's a great question. You know, we all have our own quirks, um, people and pets alike. And I think sometimes those quirks and behaviors uh, sometimes get in the way of a healthy relationship, whether it's between a, a person and their pet or otherwise. Um, so I, I think it really is probably equally matched. You know, mm. there are certainly critters. I, I have a fondness for uh, smart, naughty dogs, uh, myself personally. <laughs> I, I find great humor, um, even though it has cost me some shoes. And mm. uh, over the weekend, it cost me a belt. Um, oh, I, oh. It, you know, there are, there are consequences to having naughty dogs in your home. But I just find that level of kind of engagement and thought and cleverness uh, from my dogs to be incredibly endearing. Um, and that's not for everybody. So I think it's really, you know, again, our adoption counselors are so good at, at really getting to know the animals and then mm-hmm. seeking out a great match for them. Um, mm-hmm. And sometimes animals are just challenging. They do have behaviors that maybe in a lot of homes would not be acceptable. And we're mm-hmm. just patient waiting for that right person to walk through the door mm-hmm. where we can make that match and um, and maybe they find kind of humor or um, a deep commitment to helping that animal kind of find their comfortable place in a home. Wow. Those, those difficult to place animals are looking for their hero, right? Mm-hmm. They're looking for the hero to come through the door who is going to understand them and love them for who they are. That's got to be a happy day in, in your process there. <laughs> It is an incredibly happy day. I, I'm reflecting. I I did not know this dog particularly well, but um, when I was new, fairly new to the league, there is a dog that had been with us for a long time, months. And I remember I was off-site at a meeting, but I heard that the dog was getting adopted. And I saw great photographs from that afternoon of pictures of this dog leaving the shelter and staff lining the sidewalk out in front of our um, main facility kind of cheering as this pup went out. And this is in the midst of COVID, this was last summer. Mm-hmm. Um, so so uh, the adoption had all been virtual, um, but the dog is being let out of the facility to get loaded up in her new family's car. And uh, just the cheering, I, no doubt, um, quite a few tears that day, just in celebration of, uh, of this pup finally finding her right home. So, yeah. No kidding. And when you look down back on the steps that got to that, I mean, I'm still stunned when you're talking about the foster care program and the angels that, that do that and, and how important it has to be in the process there. Now, let's say somebody was going to wanted to come to you and adopt. What is the process they have to go to to select a, you know, a pet or to be interviewed? Sure. 
We um, believe in a very open adoption process. We really consider ourselves to be partners with uh, the communities that we exist in, and we, we trust uh, families to be a good, thoughtful match for the animals that we have available for adoption. So our adoption counselors um, really just engage people in a conversation as they arrive and talk about what it is that they're interested and passionate about. Many people arrive at our facilities already having uh, looked at the animals available for adoption on our website and have a sense of who they're interested in. Of course, what they see on the website is a brief description of the personality of the animal. Um, so it's often that kind of visual that draws people in. They see a dog that they, that they think they like, that they mm -hmm. are drawn to. And then the key, once they get here to the shelter, is to then um, have that potential adopter meet the animal and make sure that the personality is a good fit. We all have particular kinds of dogs that we're drawn to visually, but it's that mm -hmm. personality that helps settle in a relationship for the long haul. If the, if the adopter decides that they believe it's a good fit, then we go through just some paperwork um, that moves the ownership of the animal from us to them and mm -hmm. send them on their way. Um, and again, we're always here to provide support to that family after adoption to answer questions, um, to help with any medical issues that come up shortly after adoption or questions. Um, we really try to be there for the, for the family after the fact. And if something doesn't work out as planned, then we welcome mm -hmm. the animal back. Um, wow. We've learned something then about the animal. We can do a better job of understanding what kind of environment that animal needs to be in for the long term to mm -hmm. be successful. So. Um, we really, even returns, we don't consider them to be a failure. It's just mm -hmm. another opportunity to, to make the right fit. Oh, that breaks my heart to hear that. Uh, that's so nice. And I feel so, so much for the pup or, you know, that's coming back because it didn't work. Yeah. Wow. And then you had mentioned you see the, they can see the, your animals on your website. What yep. is your website? Let's make sure we put it in here. Thank you. It's www.ddfl.org. Mm -hmm. That's so DDFL. Mm -hmm. Yep. Denver Dumb Friends League.org, but it's DDFL.org. Dot, dot you know, yep. We want to make sure to get that. And Jody, how many do you, can you estimate how many adoptions you have a year out of DDFL? Sure. So overall, we serve about 20,000 animals a year. And of course, we've talked a lot about animal adoption and um, a good majority of those animals, about 14, 15,000 animals generally are coming through our sheltering facilities. But we also, of course, have our equine rescue uh, facility, Harmony Equine Center, and mm -hmm. we do horse adoptions. Uh, from Harmony, and so I have uh, wow. a couple hundred adoptions usually each year from Harmony. And then, um, of course, our veterinary uh, facilities also serve pets and people, but that's about providing veterinary care, not placement services. So, mm -hmm. um, I, you know, near and dear to my heart, uh, one of the teams that I get to work with is helping provide the medical care for pets here in the shelters. 
Uh, but mm-hmm. we have a hospital located on Yuma Street. It's near the mm-hmm. Denver Water um, uh, building, which is something folks mm-hmm. in Denver will be familiar with. Right. Uh, and that hospital, there's a hospital and a clinic in that facility. The clinic provides spay neuter services for cats at very low cost, and the hospital provides urgent care. So it's for um, owned pets who are ill or injured. Uh, their families can come on a walk-in basis in the morning. Um, we do a quick evaluation, make sure that what the animal is ill with is something that we can manage and uh, we'll admit that animal and provide services same day, usually um, to help that family out. And we do so on the honor system, asking people if they can afford, uh, if they can afford care at a community practice that they go elsewhere. We've gotten an amazing veterinary community here in Denver, but if they can't afford care, we're there to help provide support in these times of crisis and, uh, and help the animal get the care that they need. You are a bunch of do-gooders, I'm telling you. Wow. (laughs) The team at the hospital is amazing. they just so deeply committed to making sure that low-income families have access to veterinary care. Bravo on that. And I I just out of curiosity, the Harmony Center uh, for horses, there can't be too many of those around the country, are there? There aren't. Um, Not... Not when we think about animal shelters, you know, there are mm-hmm. many animal shelters, um, you know, guess estimates are uh, over 6,000 shelters uh, across the country. And of course their work is complemented by the amazing work of rescue organizations, which often don't have a facility but are home-based mm-hmm. foster care systems. So we have an incredible safety net for dogs and cats across the country. The, the safety net for horses um, in the form of sheltering facilities is much, much smaller. Um, I am, there may be one other in the state of Colorado, um, mm-hmm. but you know, it's, it's in the single digits in each state, mm-hmm. certainly, um, right. that we have any kind of facility. And of course, the capacity of those facilities also very different and limited compared to how we're set up for dogs and cats needs of horses are, are significant. And again, behavior oh, wow. issues, just like dogs and cats, they can have medical issues. And, and then they're also sizable, you know, they, mm-hmm. they require a, a different level of facility than, than dogs and cats. No kidding. That's a lot to take on. Wow. You have to be a, so I, I'm just thrilled to hear that. And horses are such beautiful animals too. Yeah. Now, with all this do-gooding you do at the Denver Dumb Friends League, how are you all funded? I mean, this can't, this is not cheap, I can imagine. <laughs> no, no, we we have a sizable budget and uh, we are a charitably funded organization. So we're very fortunate to have um, strong relationships with donors all across Colorado who support our work and uh, some foundations, and then also corporate partnerships uh, Mm -hmm. with businesses that believe in our work and our mission, uh, and and they support it um, either through gifts of um, goods that we need in Mm -hmm. order to operate our our different facilities or um, with, again, donations to help support the cause. 
people also very generously in Colorado uh, will will think of us in their wills and, mm-hmm. and leave us resources there as well to kind of help build out the legacy of our uh, organization. It, it's it's really amazing the the passion that people in Colorado have for mm-hmm. the humane treatment of animals and their very deep commitment to the league and, and other animal sheltering organizations up and down the front range and beyond in Colorado. No kidding. Yeah, wow. Very blessed. Well, you're doing great work there, Jody. And so, uh, and as you said, this is a legacy that you're working at the Denver Dumb Friends League. So again, let's make sure we let people know your website is ddfl.org. People can go there to look at possible adoptions. They can learn more about you and ways to donate, which are huge. Yes. Well, yep. wonderful. Jody, you've been amazing on this. And so there you have it, our Faithful Friends Podcast podcast with the Denver Dumb Friends League Vice President of Veterinary Services, Jody Buckman. Jody, thank you for being with us today. And thank you to all our listeners in the Faithful Friends community. 